I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to come and hear the word of God. We know that your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. And Father, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will saturate this place in every heart, so that when we hear the word, the seed of your word will drop down deep into the hearts of our lives. And I thank you that the word is going to reproduce 30, 60, and even a hundredfold return. As we hear it, receive it, believe it, and act on it. And as I decrease now, I thank you for the Holy Spirit rising up to teach everyone here the principles of your word. And I declare for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word as we receive it and believe it. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Last week, we began a new series entitled Jumbo Faith. Everybody say Jumbo Faith. And I believe faith is one of the most important areas of a believer's life. But I also believe that it is one of the most least understood areas of a believer's life. And so my goal through teaching this, this series is to teach you the principles of faith. Because when you understand the principles of faith... Your life can change because God's word tells us that we should live by faith. Well, in order for us to live by faith, then faith must be available for us to live by. We live 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Well, if we are to live by faith, faith must be available all the time for us to live by. Can you say amen to that? So I want you to find, if you would, uh, find uh, Matthew chapter 17. We're going to use that, Matthew 17. And then I want you to turn over to uh, Mark chapter 4. Matthew chapter 17. Yeah, Matthew 17 and then Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to do a brief re review because uh, I like to make sure that you all are on the same page. And then if we have visitors here this morning... They can understand where we were and where we're going. Last week, we looked at four things about faith. We looked at what faith can do. And we learned that faith can make the impossible possible. And if you're in Matthew 17, if you're in Matthew 17, look at verse 20. It says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you, everybody say it's me, he says, if you, not your mom, not your dad, but if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you, everybody say, it's you. See, a lot of times when people are calling for prayer, they're really calling to use your faith. He says, if you shall say unto this mountain, 
Remove hence to yonder place, and it, the mountain, shall remove. Read this part with me. And, come on class. And nothing, what? Shall be impossible unto you. So what can faith do? Faith can make the impossible possible. We also learn what faith was. And the simple definition of faith was the conviction and confidence of the truth. And we learned that you can have a conviction about something, but not necessarily have the confidence to do it. In other words, you can have a conviction that God wants you to go to school, but you may not have the confidence that you can pass the classes. Therefore, you don't go and register. Amen. You can have a conviction that God wants you to prosper, but you may not have, watch this, the confidence to obey his laws when it comes to your money. Amen. Then we also learned what faith was for. And we learned that faith was for pleasing God. It was for possessing God's promises. And it's for practicing God's word. And then we looked at how faith works. And we learned that faith has to have works along with it. The Bible says faith without works is dead but then we also discovered that works without faith is dead as well in other words you can be doing some works in the flesh but then if you don't have the faith along with that and most people don't have the faith because they don't put the word of faith in them amen most of us spiritually are nsf non-sufficient faith we go to make a withdrawal, we go to prayer, we make a withdrawal with our request. He says, let your request be made known. Well, when we go into prayer and make our request, guess what? We come out in non-sufficient faith because we haven't put any word in there for our prayer to even have an anchor to. Amen. And so then we looked at the bridge between works and faith and the bridge was believing. And the way that you know that you're believing is when you're saying something. Paul said, you know, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. So the way to know that if I'm believing, doing my, watch this, from the faith all the way down to the works, what lets me know that I'm believing is if I'm saying something. Can you say amen to that? So now what I want to do this morning uh, is to help you see that Faith has some enemies. And so today's lesson is centered around identifying and understanding what can stop your faith. Because remember, faith can make the impossible possible. So what I need to do is find out what can stop my faith. And so if you're taking notes, this morning's lesson title is Faith Stoppers. Faith Stoppers. Or my creative title is Finemies. Faith, enemies, finemies. Y'all will get it next week. Don't worry about it. So here's the first point that I want you to uh, write down. And I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 36. Mark 4, 36. Here's point number one in this morning's lesson. The first enemy of faith is fear. The first enemy of faith is fear. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, we're going to see this uh, in this particular story with Jesus. It says, and, and the same day when the evening was come, he, Jesus, said unto them, the disciples, let us, let who? Us. Now, is us plural or singular? It's plural. So what Jesus was saying, he's saying, let us, the disciples in him, pass over unto what? The other side. So Jesus right there made a promise. 
He says, you know what, guys? We are going to go over to the other side. And sometimes between the promise, watch this now, and the process to get to the place, sometimes we don't know what's in between. And what, in, what they encountered here, let's see what happened. Verse 36, and when they had sent the multitude away, they took him uh, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. Everybody say a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And when he was in the hinder part, the back part of the ship, he was what? Asleep on a pillow. Now here they are in the middle of a storm, but Jesus was sleeping. Well, my thing is, if Jesus is sleeping, it's going to be all right. You need to go to sleep. Come on, while you up at night processing all these issues in your life, when guess what? If, if it ain't bothering God, it shouldn't be bothering you. Amen. It says, and, uh, and they awake him and said, Master, carest not that we perish? And he arose, watch this now, he rebuked the wind and then said unto the sea. Notice now, Jesus, the way he encountered this problem, he encountered this problem with some words. It says, peace be still. Now, he didn't describe the storm. He spoke to the storm. Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so what, class? Come on, class. Why are you so fearful? How is it, watch this, that you have no faith? Because when you are operating in fear, it causes your faith to not work the way it should. In other words, fear is faith in reverse. In, write down, here's the definition of fear so you, you can know. Fear means to be timid or faithless. Timid or faithless. And here's how it works. See, faith is on the inside of us. Faith is on the inside of us working. And it's designed to affect what's on the outside of us. But fear is on the outside of us trying to affect what's inside of us. I'm going to say that again so you all won't have to watch the person bringing me the glasses. <laughs> faith is on the inside. Working its way to affect what's on the outside. Fear is on the outside trying to work its way on the inside. In other words, anytime fear is always triggered, watch this now, by things that are external. In other words, the doctor report, you got a layoff notice. You got an unexpected bill. Those are things from the outside. But the goal of fear is not to stay on the outside. The goal of fear is to get on the inside. Now we know the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So when fear is trying to affect us, the first thing you need to know is that fear is not from God. Amen. And, and if you don't get that deep down inside of your heart, what will happen is 
we will start considering the external so much that it will start affecting the internal. You know, a couple of years ago when we moved, uh, I'll never forget, you know, the Lord, uh, the, the economy wasn't that good. And uh, we, you know, we were wanting to sell our house and, you know, you know how you got to get your house together and clean it up, pin, you know, any holes and paint and, you know, and we keep our house relatively well. And so we were just getting it together and we had a sign in the yard, but it wasn't listed. That makes no sense, does it? We had a sign in the yard saying for sale, but it wasn't listed. So finally, the Lord was like, Evan, you can't sell the house unless you're listed. So, and I knew God wanted us to move. And, and one of the reasons I knew God wanted us to move was, you know, we started Word of Truth Family Church pretty much out of our last house. You know, all the counseling was there. Praise and worship was there. Uh, true group training was there. Everything was there. So uh, th that was good. But then as time went on, it became bad because we didn't have any privacy. People would just drive by because they knew we were home. Pastor, I'm having a bad day. Okay, well, all right. Well, So it got to the point where we needed to move to, and then we had Landon, and, and that, you know, we needed some more space for that. And so uh, we put our house up for sale, and uh, even though it was a bad market, house sold just like that. Even though there was an identical house across the street that was in foreclosure for two years, we still sold ours. So check this out. Everybody told us before we sold our house that the house we have now, all you have to do is put down 10%. And then you'll be able to buy that house. Well, we had our 10%, no problem, you know. But see, you don't know what's going to happen between he's saying, let us go on the other side and you getting there. Because had he showed me what was in between getting there, I'd have still be in my old house right now. So we get to, you know, we sold a house. And, and then right after I sold a house, the economy shifted. And so now instead of people wanting 10% down, they wanted 20%. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, that's like tithing twice. I mean, it already took me some time to get the 10% together. Now you want another 10? And long story short, all things started happening. That was crazy. The, one of our lo the loan officer that we started with, uh, the second loan person we started with, died. Like dead died. Like his boss called me. He was like, oh, is this Mr. Connor? I was like, yeah. Is so-and-so, uh, was he working on your loan? I said, yeah, he's working on our loan. And he said, uh, he's dead. I was like, what do you mean? Dead to his sins? What, I mean, what is it? <laughs> no, he's dead. I was like, you're kidding me. And what I didn't like about that guy, he kept all the information himself. So nobody knew where he was in the process. So we had to start all over again. And see, some of y'all think when you get, you, you, when you run into opposition, you be like, well, I don't know if this is the will of God for me. I don't know if God wants me to have. No, no, no. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. If it's a fight, that means you need to use your faith. And man, I tell you what, I didn't know where I was going to get that other 10% from. And I, you know what, you know how the, the externals, remember that creates fear. Men start creating fear. And we went in a hotel room and I was like, oh, and the devil's like, see, you stuck now, buddy. Shouldn't have sold your house. What you going to do? You ain't got a church building. What you going to do? You know, he bring up all the issues in your life all at one time. And the man, they was coming down on me and I was listening to him too. <laughs> so finally I went to my wife. I was like, Babe, 
you know, and I just, I just told the babe, you know, I, I'm just not feeling good, you know. Uh, I don't know what's going on with this house, you know. I don't know where we're going to get this 10% from. And, and, and you know, we don't have no church building. And uh, I mean, I'm just throwing it all in there, you know. Church building ain't got nothing to do with me moving, but I just put it all in there anyway. Long story short, she said, babe, uh, at that time, my pastor was in town speaking at uh, Bishop Jakes' church. She was like, you need to go listen to Bishop tonight. And when you are in fear and in discouragement, you don't want to hear nothing about the Lord. Come on now. Don't act like I'm by myself. She was like, you need to go. And I was like, I don't want to fight the traffic at the potter's house. I ain't registered. I don't want to go over. And, you know, we have connections. She's like, well, I can just call so-and-so for you and get you in there. I was like, well, no, you know, well, don't bother him. And, and finally, she was like, look, you need to go. So I slowly just went to, you know, the service. I was so down. I mean, you have you seen those people who uh, be, be uh, sagging? That's how I felt. <laughs> we got there and, you know, watch this. I, I listened to the man of God teach. And honestly, he didn't say nothing I didn't already know. But the faith in his words got down inside. And I left that place like, oh, no, I ain't giving up now. God, I don't know where the 10% is going to come from, but I'm a giver. And you said, when I give, it shall be given to me. Good bread, your press down, shaking together and running over. So I thank you now for that money showing up. And I went back and we all had a family meeting. I did. I called a family meeting. We landed too. I said, listen, guys, because, you know, we all crowded up in this hotel getting on each other's nerves. Because we were supposed to close a week after... We closed on our last house. Now it's like a month. I said, listen, guys. I know that I'm saved. I said, I know I was supposed to marry mommy. I know I was supposed, I'm supposed to be pastoring. I said, I know I was supposed to start Word of Truth Family Church. And just like I know those things and I know I was supposed to have Landon and you heaven. I said, I know that that house we're looking at is ours. I don't know how, but guess what? So after that, the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. The Lord dropped some wisdom on me. See, my last house, I had an 80-10-10, meaning that 80% loan and then another 10% loan, and then you put down 10%. Well, I was like, well, why can't I get an 80-10-10 on this one? So I called the broker. I said, can you ask the mortgage company, instead of me giving them 20%, can I get another 10% loan? And he said, well, I can check. And one, loan, one, one bank said, you can't borrow money to buy a house. I said, but I'm borrowing money to buy a house. <laughs> so then got to the, and the, the people said, uh, yeah, you can do that. Okay, so now that's one hurdle. So now I got to figure out where to get that 10% from. And God put somebody on my mind. Just one person. And I didn't even call them. I text them. I said, uh, here's an opportunity for you to make some money. Uh, I need this much money uh, for a second loan for my house. Would you do that? Yes, they came back and replied. When do you need it? Right now? Do you want it in cash? 
do you want to cash your, do you want me to transfer the money? I was like, the Lord is so good, ain't he? But here's my point. Had I stayed in fear, I'd have never moved. Can you say amen to that? So fear, so here's the thing. I probably won't finish. My wife gave me an idea this morning that I didn't take all the way, but what is the cure for fear? Because see, a lot of you all are walking in fear. You don't know it. You know why the, uh, the average person doesn't tithe? Because they're scared. You know why you, you haven't decided to go back to school? Because you're scared. You can't, you can't make it. Some of you all are not going to school because you, you say you, you don't have the money. But see, here's the thing. If God has spoken, your next move is to obey. And the cure, watch this now, turn over to uh, Psalm 31. Psalm 31. I'm just going to do this point right here. Man, I have, oh, I have some good stuff right. Are y'all getting something out of this this morning? Uh, go to Psalm 31. Psalm 31 quickly. What is the cure for fear? Because fear stifles your faith. It will stop you dead in your tracks. Psalm 31, look in verse 13. Psalm, one, Psalm 31, 13. This was David talking. He says, for I have heard the slander of many. He says, I got a whole lot of people talking about me. He said, fear was on what? He said, fear was on every side while they took counsel against me. They devised to take away my life. Somebody was trying to execute him. But verse 14, he says, but I, what's the next word, class? But I trusted in who? In thee, O Lord. What is the cure for fear? Trust. Write this down as a take-home statement. Fear looks at the problem while faith looks at the promise. Fear looks at the problem. Faith looks at the promise. Go to Psalm 56 quickly. Go to Psalm 56. Go to Psalm 56. The cure for fear is trust. Psalm 56, look in verse 1. He says, be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He's fighting daily to oppress me. My enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. He says, but what time I am afraid. He says, I will what class? I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. He says, and then he, by the time he got through convincing himself through the word, he says, I won't fear what flesh can do unto me. Trust is the cure for fear. And the only way to trust is to know the track record of the person you trust in. Now, I need uh, a volunteer. Give me a volunteer. One of my aides. You want to be a volunteer? Okay, come on, sweetie. She's going to volunteer. Yes, you need to come up on the stage. Uh, how many in here have a $100 bill? Anybody got a $100 bill on you? A $100 bill? Let me see that $100 bill. Okay. I shouldn't have used my wife because... Okay, y'all give my wife a hand. Give Vanna White a hand. 
Okay. Now, this babe, you're going to be the average believer when it comes to uh, not being able to, to tithe. Okay. All right. Now, I have $2 and I have 100 Now, the $2 I'm going to give to you. Now, if you did not know I was going to give you the 100 is it easy to give away something if you don't know what you're going to get in return? No. No. I mean, think about it. Uh, because it, the only reason you all work is because you know you're going to get a check. So it's very, it's difficult to trust if you don't know the outcome. And so the reason why most people can't even tithe is because all they see is them giving God. You're supposed to let go. That, see that? That's, that's the average person. And the reason why it's hard to give it to God is because we don't see he's got an exchange over here called the promise. And the way you overcome fear, not just financially, but the way you overcome fear, period, is to see the promise so that, so that you can follow the process. So even though I'm letting something go and I may not see physically the promise, all I have to do is read the word. I know what the outcome's gonna be. He's gonna, I can let go of the wrong person in my life. I'm talking to somebody single right now. It's in me and it's coming out. But the reason why you can let go of the wrong person is because you see the promise for the right person. Amen. The way you can change jobs, even though you've been on the one you've been on for years, the way you can do that easily is to see there's another one that's better out there. In other words, fear will stifle you. It will keep you from pursuing the promises of God. And so my question to you is, what have you been fearing? Some of you all are fearing, my spouse is going to leave, or my spouse don't love me, or my, my kids go. No, no. What, what time I am afraid, I'm going to what? I'm going to trust. Well, God has a great track record. And if you can't trust him, here's my question. Who in the world can you trust? And I tell you what, through ups and downs, through thick and thin, God's going to be the one that's going to be there all the time. Thank you, babe. And uh, can you give that gentleman back his $100 bill? That's not your promise. That's his promise, though. I'm going to stop. I had actually three faith stoppers. But I, I want to I wanna just stop right here because I believe, okay, let me say it like this so I can tie it into my lesson. Faith without works is dead. What are works? Works is your obedience to God. You can't say that you are obeying God if there are no works to prove it. Are you all with me? And for you to go to any next level in your life, it takes a series of 
obedient steps. I'm going to say it like this. I used to think you say yes to Jesus one time. No, you don't. You may say yes to him one time for your salvation. But after that, anytime he makes a request, he wants us to say yes. And I've had to say yes to be a preacher. I've had to say yes to become a pastor. I've had to say yes to... And you know what? The yeses at the time were uncomfortable. Because I couldn't see the forest... Because of all the trees. But I knew because he had a, I had a track record with God. I knew he was going to come through. And I believe God is waiting on some of you all to step out of the boat. And I don't know what the boat is for you. But he's got a boat. So you, you, some of y'all sitting in the boat. You got the, well, I said, you all dressed up, got on your marine gear and everything, got your life jacket on. And, and, and you just sitting in the boat. And he's waiting on you to get out. Hmm. Maybe it's your time now to initiate repairing that relationship. Maybe it's your time. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not the one that was wrong. It don't matter. You say, well, what do you mean it don't matter? It's better to re be reconciled than to be right. You don't have to be uh, the wrong one to go and fix it. Just say, you know what, babe? Uh, just, let's squash this. See, that's faith right there. Amen. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, here's my question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Because I believe your next level is depending on your obedience. Hallelujah.